Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh my God, they're only doing sex in the city. Roland Guy Montgomery for episode two. And just like that, we've seen the second episode. Yeah, and there's a recurring motif that I've observed in the two episodes we've seen so far, Tim, which is the end of the episode yeah. will always be the sentence, and just like that, yeah. here's what I learned. Two from two, the numbers oh, don't really? lie. Oh, really? Fuck, yeah. I didn't even... Oh, man, yeah, I need man. to be paying closer attention. I drifted off toward the end there. How could you? How could you do that? Yeah, when sorry. They've got, they've got their nasty little storytelling... T- their storytell-ons. You got texts? Yeah. I'm s- You're texting at the end like, of episode was, two? Look, it, it doesn't matter. Let's get past this. Episode two, and just like that, Mattress Pikelet Kings return to the fucking world of sex in the city. Listen... I'm in. Yeah? I'm in now. Could have fooled me. No, I'm in now. No, come on now. What did you, what you just, it was just as the as the music was playing, you tuned out. But you watched the whole show. I the watched whole, the whole goddamn thing. It, it was honestly together. the last like 45 seconds. Oh, yeah, fair that, enough. It is, it's easy. It's fine. But there's, it seems to me that's where they're burying a lot of big stuff. Yeah. Hey, speaking of burying big, we just <laughs> saw the funeral of John James Preston. Heigl Smith. His name is my name too. Whenever we go out, the people always shout. There goes John Jacob Jingle Hunters. But wasn't that guy really meant to carry though? Yeah, someone says that at the um at the funeral. This broad, and she represents. She's an audience surrogate. She represents those of us who who have been with Carrie since Sex in the City two, and then Sex in the City one. I've been and watching now, since nineteen ninety six, and I've got something to say. Yeah. Big's toxic. Is Big toxic? I think he's kind of toxic. I'll tell you one thing I know for sure. That motherfucker at least at some point rolled with Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) You cannot get to the heights that the man has attained in the financial world in New York City without having flown, without turning up on those goddamn Lolita Express flight logs (laughs) once or twice. You said, uh, at one point you said he was on the flight logs with, Bill Clinton. Yes, he was on there with Clinton. <laughs> Definitely. Not yeah. a question in he, my mind. He has a... Um, it's a pretty, I'm not saying Big 
um, did the Epstein shit, though who knows, you know, I guess we'll never know because it's a fictitious character, which I'm marrying to a very real horrible series of crimes. Um, but what I do know is this, man. If this is real-ass New York City, at some point Big ran out of money and Epstein fucking quote-unquote helped him out with a loan, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> It's a pretty, uh, it's like it's a simple funeral and the turnout's not massive. We've never really well, gotten to know Big. Well, we have. We've only seen two of the movies. Yeah, but we a lot didn't of watch times. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about when I was watching this. I was like, you know what? We've we've spent a lot of time with these characters, <laughs> but not in the way you might have. We've just spent a lot of time with the same two flicks. Not getting to know Big very well. But I, I remember, like, Biggs, they're planning a wedding, and Big spends no time with friends or family before the wedding. They used a funeral in episode two of And Just Like That to introduce one of Big's family members a for, brother. What, for what I can see is the first time. Mm. And he's, like, he's got a real confident, sexy energy. Well cast. Yeah. Great voice. Cocksure, if I could use that term. He calls, he calls uh, Big his baby brother. And brief at the podium. Which I think is a Preston hallmark. You want to yeah. keep your speeches short, sweet, and impactful. And he nailed it. Yeah. The singular message that he delivered, Carrie, I talked to, he called him John, eh? And yeah. I, don't, I guess his family don't call him big. So I talked to John on the phone last week and he said it's the happiest he's ever been. So Carrie, thank you for giving him that. And then took a goddamn seat like a gentleman. Yeah. It was a class act. Through and through. Uh, and, oh man, I mean, I'm, I'm totally moved on from the emotional, um, heft of big dying and right back into finding Carrie Bradshaw incredibly <laughs> challenging to be around. Uh, it couldn't have happened to a worse person. <laughs> and what is difficult is that she's left with now. Cause Do ma- you think this widowing was deserved? No, I would never say that. But Would you think it? Would you believe it? No. These people aren't real, guy. They're made up. Yeah, They're made I, up I know. The mad mind of Mattress Buckler King. Well, he's, he's certainly tinkering around with them. I think they originally came from someone named Darren Starr. No, Candace something. Candace Bushnell wrote the books. Isn't that the OG? Yeah, that would be. Story? All that to say, Carrie is grieving hard. Understandable. Who's she got left to lean on? Stanford is away with Anthony. He's very self-absorbed. They're going through a challenging relationship, and, you know, everyone's got their lives to live. But she's basically leaning on Charlotte and Miranda. Miranda, it has been sort of hinted at and now very firmly established in the second episode, has a drinking problem. We don't know yet, but oh. Guy picked it real early. He was like... I mean, we picked it real early in the first episode. We're like, these, these ladies love a little tipple. She was uh, on her way to her first um, episode one. What do we know? She's on her way to university for the f- her first day, and she goes to a bar at 10.45 a.m. She orders a drink. The bartender <laughs> says, we open at 11. She says, it's 11 o'clock somewhere. And he remains seated yeah, yeah. while people are wiping benches around her and preparing to open it. What bar opens at 11 a.m. as well? It's called Smith's. Yeah, that's called <laughs> Smith's Bar. That's the one. Uh, and then anyway, she has a. we see her 
take her. She takes her bottle of wine and a handbag to the piano recital. Well, not only that, she bookends her day because she she eleven a.m. She smashes a vino going into law school, post grad, and then she comes out and has another vino. And then we next see her at the fucking recital where she's brought her own vino. Res- mad respect for that power move. Um, always bring booze to a musical recital involving children. Yeah, you know who taught me that? Jackie Van Beek. Really? Yeah. New Zealand sweetheart, Jackie Van Beek. That's a class. That's a class act. Um, and then, so now we're up to episode two. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember when we first see her drinking, but at the funeral, she basically goes into the bar and she's like, I'm ready for a drink. And they say, the bar is not open. And she says, well, I'm ready for a drink. And my husband gave you this alcohol, so I'm going to have a wine. And then she's like, actually, do you know what? We there's don't have time. A, there's not a lot of wine here. Quickly. And I'm worried that someone's going to want a wine later, so I better have a double malt. Fucking pronto, because I'm public speaking and yeah. I am bricking myself. Yeah. And so she does. You've, so you've got – and she's also like – Brady, this episode opens, one of the strongest opens in the history oh. of the Sex and City universe. It opens with Brady fucking his brains out. Just absolutely – I mean, I, I, I hope this isn't – Misogynist, as I fear it is, absolutely fucking railing a bird. <laughs> the this is the start of the episode, folks. He is creating such a cacophonous noise that Miranda can barely hear herself think for the rhythmic thudding of his firstborn son. Yeah, absolutely going to town on his girlfriend. And Tim, it's important that we note. We are inside of Brady's bedroom, which is a first in my experience of spending time with Brady on screen. No, there is not a mouse maze. There's not a rat cage. There's not a rat race in sight. But we do see a large wall insert aquarium. Yeah. home, Which is home to at least one turtle. There's a turtle guy. This Shit, motherfucker... Is skulking around with he the He reminds me of someone, one of our friends who had a t- I don't know if you know who I'm thinking of, but one of our friends has a turtle and also <laughs> did well for himself. But I won't get into that. Um, fuck yeah. Look, we may have got the rat bit wrong, but we certainly didn't miss when we named Brady the king because yeah. he opens the episode with that and then what happens to him? Because he's the only character I give a shit about. Uh, then... After the funeral, he smokes pot with Carrie's podcast co-host slash boss. Shay. Shay, as in Guevara. <laughs> Which Miranda says out loud. Yeah, it's sick. Miranda cannot stop fucking bumbling through life in this episode. She gets a few bones thrown her way at the end. But basically, what I'm rounding back to is Carrie's left with Miranda, who's like got all of this stuff going on in her own life. Charlotte, who's just like has been a problem since day one <laughs> and continues to capitulate. And, like, all of, you know, there's no one, there's no, I feel so bad, like, she's left with fucking Dumb and Dumber, you know, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. You feel bad Carrie's, for Carrie. All she's got left to, well, I do, as much as I can. She's a widow on the ropes. With, yeah. With with no. And um, a freak in the bed. With, with no, oh, I've forgotten his name. Who was Big? that famous boxing coach? Ah. Who made heaps of money? Probably a bad guy, but he was like real famous. He's in The Simpsons a bunch. It, oh, Don King. Yeah, yeah, Don King. He wasn't a coach. He was a like a promoter. Oh, okay, true. Coaches yeah, are like true. adding value and promoters <laughs> are cashing out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, take that, promoters, if you're listening. And I know you are. But it's it's a difficult situation to be in. 
Mm. You and 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 Carrie's finding that she can't turn to Charlotte because Charlotte's too emotional. Mm. She keeps making Big's death about her because uh, she insisted that Carrie come to, which is a note I made by the way in the first episode. Carrie does not want to go to the recital. They make it very clear. Yeah. She and Big chose not to have children specifically to avoid. This sort of fucking carry on, I guess, and like so. it is absolutely unacceptable to use your children to rope them into that shit. Uh come on now. You I, reckon? I think you ask once, and if they say I'm doing this, you go. You know what? That's Fair true. Enough. Actually, That's she your really, fucking life. she really put pressure on her to come. So Charlotte's now got it in her head. This comes up about two to four times in the episode. I'd never put these pieces together before. She said it out loud, but Charlotte's constantly crying, and she's like, I just fear that you're angry at me because I'm responsible for Big's death. Had you stayed home and gone to the beach with Big like you wanted to, he wouldn't have been on his Peloton going hell for leather with the two-dimensional yeah. Latina chick and wouldn't have carked it. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, you know what, Charlotte? That actually makes a tremendous amount of sense. Maybe you did kill Big. But luckily for her, Carrie ain't me. And Carrie's like, you're not to blame. Yeah. But then she's like, I'm to blame. Carrie's like, you're not to blame. And can you please stop making this about you? Because when you make something about you, it makes it harder for it to be about me. Fair. Someone's just lost their husband. That's, you know, reasonable. Oh, I think in this instance it is. Yeah, this is but, the one uh, time Carrie's got yeah, a yeah, valid a point. Wrong, yeah, a wrong clock and everything. Yeah. But basically, yeah, she's left scrambling with these friends. Miranda, who has gone from fumbling through her entrance at university, is at the funeral, and um, we've sort of teased this already in the episode, but she goes down to the ground floor and comes across her 17-year-old sex maniac son. Who's got a ginger fro now, and yeah. it looks fucking awesome. And he's tall. Yeah. He, he Is that the same actor? I want to believe that it is, Guy. You you wouldn't recast that, would you? That like, could... out of respect. I think it's the same dude. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah. I get the feeling. I don't want to look it up just in case it's not, you know? Like, at we the can moment, just believe that it is. He is um, Schrodinger's Brady. But uh, she goes downstairs and Brady, 17-year-old, sex, sex linchpin... <laughs> I don't know. He's he's okay. literally the ske- he's the skeleton key that opens up Jesus. the um the sort of sexual underbelly that is New York City. This okay. motherfucker here, okay. and he's talking to podcast Maven Maverick mm-hmm. Renegade and generally exhausting person to be around. Yes, fuck me. Can I say this, Tim? It is tough to watch stand up comedy represented on screen. Um. Yeah. Yeah, stand-up sucks, though. That's the thing. And I know. stand-up comedians suck. I know. It's like, is it fun to do? Absolutely, after you've done it for five years and you sort of find your feet. But, like, God damn it. If I didn't engage in, in, in the fucking practice of, I would not hang out with stand-up comedians. They're all awful. Well. So I think they're accurately depicted on screen here. I th- I. There's a little, little too much. Not too, too self loathing. Yeah, there's a little too much venom <laughs> in that. Maybe comedians are fine. They're like anyone. There's a, you know, you can't brush all accountants with the same sort of stroke and say, "I see." This is how accountants are. But basically, accountants be driving like this. A diddy. Yeah, a diddy. Yeah. But comedians, they be taking the bus because <laughs> they can't afford a car. That's how it be. Uh, but Shay, podcast maven Shay, is sharing her weed pipe, which she cannot that stop there? smoking. I believe, there, I yeah, believe it's I a I apologize. Uh, their weed pipe with 
Brady, which is a pretty baller move to just find a teenager at a funeral and be like, oh, you want to hit this? And Miranda straddles a line between like righteous indignation, which is like, you're giving drugs to my son, but yeah. also like, she's way too. Oh, yeah, but I think this is like all part of her alcoholism shit. It's like that we need to see her spurn out. She. Threatens, she threatens Shay with physical violence. That's right. And Shay could absolutely f- fucking wreck her and shit. Sh- yeah, yeah. And Shay just shrugs their shoulders. Yeah. And walks away. Um, but it's just, it's, I just feel like, I mean, they've seeded it with the drinking problem, but Miranda's having a hard time. Yeah. Everyone's having a hard time. Yeah, that's true, man. Except Brady. Except Brady. Well, he's button heads with his mum. He wants to smoke pot. He wants oh, to. Fuck. He's seventeen. He wants to fuck loud. He can't make the turtles <laughs> do exactly what he want them wants them to. <laughs> Those rascally goddamn hard shelled misfits. Yeah. You reckon he's got more than one? I reckon he's got it. Fuck it. I reckon. Well, here's what. Honestly, it's what he's doing might be immoral, but here's what I think. Yeah. I think he's been pretending to have one for a long time. I think the shit he's been, the paces he's been putting these turtles through, he's gone through them. And he can't buy them from pet shops anymore because he's a marked man. His picture's on the wall. They're like, do not sell this guy turtles. <laughs> What's he doing to them? He's just trying to enhance their intelligence. <laughs> and he's making progress, but it's costing yeah. him a lot of turtles. He's buying turtles off the dark web. Yeah, well, where else are you going to get radioactive Honestly, to chuck in a turtle tank? The reason he got so into fucking is yeah. because Miranda and Steve keep being like, son, what's with all the turtles? He's like, I need them to pay attention to something else. Oh, my I'll God. I'll start smoking pot the and rat, railing. The, who we once thought was a rat king is actually a goddamn rat sensei, a.k.a. Splinter. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what you're describing, dude. Yeah. He's a fucking, but he's he's making his own Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And as a New Zealander, I have nothing but admiration and respect for the DIY spirit. Get that kid to Bunnings. <laughs> Bunnings. For all your hardware needs. And a saucy. And a $1 dollar so- They're actually not a dollar, I don't think. It's a very, uh, if you're listening abroad, it's a very famous sort you know, of thing get it. in New Zealand and Australia. There's a, like a hardware store and it's where you put on your sausage sizzles to raise funds so that the kids rugby league team can get new jerseys. It's such a good scheme. It's like how the Lotteries Commission funds basically all of the um, media in New Zealand through CNZ. I only recently found this out. What is it? So the government funds like everything you see on TV in New Zealand because we're just too small for normal market forces to be able to like support a, a, a proper media environment. So the government's like, Jesus Christ, we cannot just buy nothing but American and British shows. We have to make some of our own. So they've got this funding issuing body called Creative New Zealand. And they get, I think, half of all of their money from the Lotteries Commission, which gets all of its money from people addicted to gambling. (laughs) It's fucking vicious, man. Yeah. So it's kind of like that in a lot of ways. Anyway, back to Sex in the City. Uh... I, are I, they even? Are they not calling the Sex in the City anywhere? Like, is that no. label on? It's no. not a. Eh? And just like that, this is the and Hobson the, the, Shore of Sex in the City. This is. That's exactly what it is, and that makes Samantha, Vin Diesel, because he's not in it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, which I like. Know. What's beeping? One of the cars next to us. Um, 
Sorry. For context, by the way, we've been um, set. The, the tides come in. We're in the same spot. We're still in Westmere. Tides in. But um, there have been a sort of a roll. We've been in rolling company as cars come and go. And young people. Getting some looks. Have a lot of fun. They listen to some great music. They talk their shit. And we, what do we do, oh, Tim? yeah, that's us right. young gents in our early to mid-30s just sit in the car and early, lap up. Early this. to mid-30s, indeed. Um, I, I, I've returned to my notes. Oh, God, car's coming. Um, just shut my door so I'm not in the way. Okay, here are my notes. Anthony and Stanford are brought back together by the death of Big. This is in the start of the episode, and it's so sad because we're going to lose Stanford and Re- Like, it just... There's, you know, three-dimensional pain to that because of what actually, ha- what we know is going to mm-hmm. happen in the real mm-hmm. world, which is Willie Garson passes away shortly after this is shot. So that made me sad because it's like <sighs> Mattress Pikelet is drawing emotionality out of these invented characters that, in my humble opinion, and fucking who the fuck am I, but I still believe this, he's written very poorly. Mm. But then there's an actual real world, you know, tragedy that's it's about a, to yeah, happen with one of these people. It's it adds an extra layer of uh, depth or feeling to it because you're watching someone in the show, mm. you know, grieve and conceptualize death, knowing full well that the person who is performing that is about to die themselves. Yeah, it's a it's a slightly disorienting experience. It is, it is. Um, pretty much this whole episode is about well. Funeral, there are some. Really. There are some. Like it's interesting. They oh, s- these are my notes. Can I? Because I can read all of them. They're real short. Oh, yeah. We open on Brady fucking. That's the first note. Anthony and Stanford are brought back together by the death of Big. Second note. Third note. Charlotte explains how it's her fault, and I hadn't thought of it before, but she has a point. To Next, your credit, you've already uh, knocked off three of uh, three have, from three of these just in conversation. Why does Jane Hayes have a first and last name? Well. I didn't want to do it this early, but you've launched right into it. It's time for um, favorite character oh, and least favorite character. I've tripped over it, and it's got to be for me. Jane Hayes is it primary mortician or premier mortician? Oh, I feel right, like it was no. Jane Hayes. Primary, I think. Primary mortician at one of the funeral homes they're touring. Oh wait, it must be premier, like top tier, right? Yeah, but I feel like they don't use the word premier no, in I the I states very I honestly, much. I don't know. Jane Hayes, primary mortician. Basically, they introduced this sort of perfect <laughs> comedy character. Everyone's talking like, about Jane Hayes. You've got to meet Jane Hayes. Yeah. She's the best. And she comes in and she's like very off kilter. And she's like, Carrie's trying to talk to her. And she's like, I'm sorry, but you're just really deadpan. She's like, but I'm sorry, but I just came in and your friend was so bereft. Yes, because Charlotte is beside herself sobbing and she's not even the widow. It's a classic mix-up. I just think anyone who go anyone who goes by full name and job title when they're being introduced, yeah, it's a character. Yeah, exactly. And but it's, to it's, what end? Well, often it's because that that there's an arrogance to them, but there was no arrogance to Jane Hayes, primary mortician. She was on screen for fucking two seconds, and she was mentioned a lot by first and last name. Why I say? Why <sighs> she's just an intriguing woman. But that wasn't the reason they bailed. She's a bit they, of a jokester. They bailed a little bit. Well, she smelled of desperation to me because she got very, like, fucking sketched out when they were leaving. And she was like, you cannot leave. <laughs> like, if she doesn't get her, you know, 10th clip on the yeah. frequent, you know, staff card. Frequent dyers. Oh, fuck. I don't know where I'm Club. going with this. You know, 
a guy, she needs to fill up her loyalty card with another customer for the month or she won't get that cool Lexus. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, she really tries to like block them out of going out of the door, which is a pretty fucked up thing to do to someone <laughs> who's leaving um, your funeral home, mm. presumably, you know, in a state of grief. And the real reason why Carrie's leaving, who even cares, but it's because it wouldn't be suitable for Big. Because it's like, it's too fucking colourful and nice and fancy. And she's like, I don't think this is how Big would want his, his death, you know, honoured. I'm yeah. paraphrasing now. No, no, I, th- I think you're on the money. But the the Jane Hayes, primary mortician, masterclass, I loved her. I'd love to see more from her. I you think won't. she does a lot of great pranks, uh, a lot of funny hijinks. Some really good opportunities for, for some, I mean, a comedy show set in a funeral home makes a lot of sense. Least favorite character? Wow. I'm swinging. The, what is the opposite of slim pickings, everyone? Yeah. There's always uh, a lot to choose from. And for me today, it would have to be Miranda. I found her to be tough sledding. And even though the show provides a lot of context for why she's tough sledding, whether that be because she's going through a hard time as a parent or she's struggling with alcohol or she's just sort of, you know, uh, someone who's trying to who grew up in a different era, trying to navigate the, the you know, the language and um, the day-to-day it's, life of being a, being a person in 2021. It's funny, right? Because I understand why this um, is occurring in terms of like the presentation of the show, but the journey that the characters are on now, the, the three leading ladies, because of course Samantha's not on screen, is that they um, like Fry from Futurama walked into a cryogen fucking chamber and then just re-emerged in 2021 after the second movie, yes. and now everything's different, and we're there the day they step out, and they're like, oh my god, you can have dreads it's, and be a law professor. Is, is, oh my god. <laughs> Trans people exist. For for how much I've sort of uh, somewhat enjoyed or warmed to the series and the idea of watching it all, the, most, the single most exhausting thing about it is exactly what you've said, which is there is, no, and I said to you when we were watching, there's no growth in any of the characters. Like all of the archetypes, the framework in which they're written is all identical. It's all like quip, quip, quip. No one listens to each other. We the all quips just, got worse as well, don't you think? It's weird. Some of it, some, like... One in ten maybe hit, or like occasionally. No, Samantha was always the one. Occasionally, there's rhythm, but a lot of time it feels like people, you know, reading a like doing a table read of a play for the first time. Okay, let me let me lob this at you. So in the in the at the service, uh, I think Miranda says this. So she is delivering. Miranda is delivering a speech that Carrie wrote for her, as we know, Carrie is a professional writer. And she, it's very brief and bad. And I think one of the closing lines is, um, da, 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 he's left a very big beat. Camera goes to carry hole. <laughs> Can you, okay, so let me posit this. Imagine Samantha delivering that eulogy. Changes the whole fucking thing, doesn't it? Do you know what I see? It's like this super slow motion wink to Carrie as though no one else can see that it's happening. <laughs> oh, man. Bring her back. I don't care how much money she needs. Get it done, folks. Yeah. Or Princess Leia her arse in and CGI up a new Samantha. 
It would be fun to like if if Samantha hosted watch alongs of these or something. Or she just you know, streamed and these and then turned all the audio down and they, scattered freeform over oh, the entire show. They did it again, folks. So one of the stipulations for the funeral service is that there were to be no flowers. Carrie walks in, she's she's um gotten to the, the proper venue that she's gonna have at. There's these two fantastic women who are like, they've got this shit. They're very like good and professional, they run funerals very well. And they've honoured all of her requests, but she walks in and there is um, a, a huge bouquet of white flowers atop the coffin um, where John is. And Carrie walks in with Charlotte, gets very upset immediately. She's like, I said no flowers. Paraphrasing, obviously, she didn't say fucking. She said, I said no flowers. And then the two women emerge and they're like, we know you said no flowers. These arrived and we wanted you to see them so you could make an informed decision on whether you want to keep them or not. And she says, you know what, they actually, I don't know. I don't know, are they too much? I don't know. Who are they from? And she is given a card, and they are from Samantha. Yeah. On the one hand, kind of a beautiful, you know, little piece for the character. But on the other hand, I'm like, guys, stop dragging Kim Cattrall into this fucking show. She got out. Stop yeah. mentioning, get her name out of your we, mouth. We then see Carrie texting Samantha to say thank you, along with several of the other texts that she told Miranda about sending, which I didn't actually read, but I assume say, are you mad at me? Or something equally or, fucking infuriating. You up? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. 
By the way, something that we clocked quite early in this episode, which would be incredible, and I'd love to know your thoughts if it, if this was an arc that emerged over the series, but or maybe Carrie was just grieving, but she wakes up, Miranda's come over first thing, they've gone to sleep together in the morning, Carrie's sort of sitting there, she hasn't slept, and Miranda comes in and says, uh, you know, here, I'm going to make us some coffee and we'll mm. sort of start to deal with this, and Carrie's sort of in her own world, and Miranda's really hammering the coffee angle. She keeps being like, we're going to have a coffee. coffee. Where's, the, Where's coffee? the coffee? Where's Tell the coffee? Where the coffee is, I'll get a coffee. Because Carrie keeps going, go to university. Yuch. Yeah. And then uh, Miranda eventually somehow wrangles out of Carrie that the coffee's in the freezer. Mm. And then the next thing, she goes to offer her. She says, do you want one? And then Carrie says, one what? Yeah. And what did you say? Well, I, I don't I, – not everything I say on this is a real – I'm thinking out loud here. I know, but we I don't think this but, is a real thing. She you don't said, think it is? I, I, I tend to go and I said, I wonder if she's going to have Alzheimer's now. I don't think she is. I think that is a, a fucking full-on thing. I know, but <laughs> wouldn't it be fucking incredible? Nah, it's – nah. It's not the right match for you? I don't think even Mattress Pikelet himself has the hubris <laughs> to believe he has the deafness of writing hand to deal with such a subject matter. But what, personally. what better vessel to carry that than Carrie Bradshaw? God. A character who's like, you know, every other muttering is so inane that it would honestly be very difficult to discern. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, who else have we got? Steve's still here. Not a lot's going on with him. He's deaf. Steve's deaf. And, um, he gave one of the funniest pronunciations of the word, uh, mum or mama I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. They're leaving, uh, for the funeral and Steve encourages Brady to come and give Miranda and him a hug. And Brady's like, uh, I don't feel so good. And then Steve goes, neither do we. Come hug your mama. (laughs) Uh, country of origin, please. <laughs> Use that in a sentence. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the country from which it originates. His um, Steve's voice has changed a bit, and well, it is kind of noticeable. A, yeah, it's interesting. He has been playing the actor David. I can't remember his surname. Eigenberg, maybe. Mm-hmm. Has spent the last ten years uh, making like a sort of procedural show as a fire playing a firefighter that, in that fits. Chicago, Illinois, and. I read an interview where he said he's been putting on this accent, um, and you, you just wonder if maybe he's he's frayed his cords. Oh wow, yeah, maybe. I mean, look, everyone's a little bit different because it has been a hot minute. What's the? Well, it's been how long has it been? Thirteen years. What is yeah, it? That's, that's longer than I thought. Well, that all matched because I guess Brady was four or five, and now Shit. he's seventeen. No, like, he was like he was older than that, wasn't he? He was like six. Well. It's all approximate. I mean, yeah. we we are actually probably some of the most informed timekeepers because oh, we should be. We spent a lot of time with them establishing the ages of these characters when we last saw them, and a lot of them were children. Note five: Charlotte is so bad she is sent away by. Car- oh yeah, that's we've sort of talked about that. Um, Look, so this is there's a whole fucking storyline in this one about how. Just Charlotte is blowing out so much and so frequently that Carrie starts cutting her out of, you know, social hangs. Yeah. The grieving hangs. Because, yeah, Charlotte is proving too emotional. And, you know, Carrie's already living in such an emotionally heightened state. Well, Tim, no. I mean, I've oh, got yeah. notes coming out of my oh, arsehole. Mate, interject, run me down with your steamroller. Well, 
I will. I'll just I'll just give you some of the highlights. That w- oh, my final two. Brady continues to rule. Carrie has a blackberry. That's it. Just quickly, we didn't actually do this. Who was your favorite and least favorite character? Oh, mate, gun to my head. I'm going to say fucking Stanford, favorite. Interesting. Honestly, favorite, because he, like, really tries to make amends with Anthony because in light, all their bickering and light of the death of yeah. Big, he's like, my God, I've been out of sorts. He here. did feel kind of rude to that new best friend character the show introduced. He was kind of rude at the funeral. Oh, a big um, secretary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. No, see, more of that. Like I that? actually thought that made perfect sense. So Gloria... A woman who, as far as I know, has not existed in the show before, but I don't know, we didn't see the TV show, yeah. uh, is suddenly introduced as a pivotal confidant of Mr. Big. I love all this retconning of just, like, throwing a character in. Oh, yeah, you should definitely it's, care about this one. Yeah, it's great. Also, like, a recital, a funeral, you've got a lot of opportunity to throw, like, interesting new characters. You know, a funeral mm. is a great opportunity for the show to introduce characters, and they do. They introduce Big Secretary, they so, introduce Susan Sharon, Who's that fucking like maniac? I reckon she was in the show though. I I, I got the vibe that she was then with Carrie. Was like, uh, yeah. Was I like, know. Well, maybe that's the fucking amnesia. Yeah. Um. There was a bit. Yeah. So what's her name again? Sharon. Susan Sharon. Susan Sharon turns Confusing up name. and just rocks up to Carrie and is like, Carrie, I totally forgive you. It's water under the bridge and just fucking comes at her. So from there, I deduced that she was from mm, season three. I don't know. And she was sleeping with, or like, no, sorry, she wasn't sleeping with Big. She was with Big uh, yeah, romantically. It, it did, that's what the apology felt like. And then Carrie like cheated with Big, you know, on her. And then she was like, "Now that he's dead and it's been so long, it's time for me to forgive Carrie." So that's what that was. Getting back to Gloria, though, yeah, which gets us back to Stanford being my favorite character this episode. Stanford goes and takes, uh, goes to take a seat. They're all. Labelled with the names. There's a seating arrangement. Someone's in Stanford's seat. It's Gloria. He's like, Gloria, this ain't your seat. This is my seat. And uh, Anthony is like, I'll move. You can just, you know, go one to the left. I'll, I'll go at the back. And he's like, no, 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 no. You will be with me. Gloria will find her seat, which has been allocated, and we'll do a funeral. And uh, I get it because as he points out, he's like, I need to sit next to my best friend who's just lost her husband, and I need my husband to sit next to me. Yeah, I think the way the show registered it, though, Carrie just spent, like, we haven't seen Carrie and Stanford bonding at all. Like, their bond is still about them bringing their own things to it and taking that away and not actually helping each other. And Carrie had just... whole friendship. Carrie had just bonded with the secretary. True. Like, in a very long and sort of scene which suggests she's going to get a lot of action thrown her way as the season goes on. But anyway, that's by the by. Stanford's your favorite. Your least favorite, please. Who'd I pick last time? Who's off my list? I think you can recycle, but I I honestly can't remember. Yeah, me neither. I don't know why you would remember if I can't. Um, I am going to say fucking Miranda. you didn't like Anthony last time. Yeah, You're a real yeah, Stanford true, yeah. head. I'm a Stan man. Yeah. Man. And you didn't like Miranda? Yeah. Me either, brother. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, I just want to speculate about something you did say, which you I thought You said you had a truckload of notes. I do. But for men. Oh, you want to hear all of it? I would love to. Wow, what have we got here? Uh, 
We've got Charlotte murdered big question mark. <laughs> I think we've been over that. Just a thought. Oh uh, wait a minute! Unless have you got a different angle on this? No, I mean, Feels but like you maybe. Do. You know, she always wants to carry to herself. Just saying. Huh. Just asking questions. Hmm. Uh, Miranda has the most punishing storyline, which is it is hard being Miranda. <laughs> well, the alcoholism thing is, I think, pretty nifty. I, yeah, I wrote. I mean, I did. I wrote that down before they really hammered that point home. And then Steve being a lifelong barman, yeah. it like it, it connects the fact that she's a Type A personality who's a control freak. That sort of you know, I, I look. I'm playing armchair no, psychologist I, here. I hear you, man. It seems like a personality type that would lend itself to alcoholism. We might not like her, but she's got a lot on her plate this season, mm-hmm. and I'm interested to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh also, I wanted to say, <laughs> you presented the idea of having to learn things from Charlotte York. <laughs> like, that wasn't really how I phrased it. It was when Charlotte takes a, a moment with her, her two daughters to be like, Biggs died. Here's a speech about death and like how it works and, and Basically, functions in life. And I just had to go... I, I just thought aloud, man, imagine having to learn everything from Charlotte York. It looks hard. She's it looks ex- through hell. That is a difficult way to figure out how the world works, that's for sure. She was explaining to her teenage daughters why people wear black to funerals. That speech actually got better as it went along, so fucking <laughs> I ate my words, that's for sure. And now you've fucked me up with your note-taking. Well, touche. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, I mean... Look, we have actually, <laughs> to our credit, we have actually covered it. Miranda blasting another. Like, it's, I've basically taken a, a ream of notes against Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, yeah, when Miranda, like, so Miranda's got a drinking problem and then she comes down and blows up at Shay Diaz for giving pot to her teenage son. Yeah. In a way that is, I think, beyond. Starts fine, escalates out of control. Yeah, what is reasonable. And obviously she's grappling with her own issues. Uh, and then they go upstairs and they actually they make up their very awkward introduction. They sort of blow up at each other. Yeah, they patch things up at unrealistic pace. Yeah, this is so. the th- this Shay Deer's character is like a, a fixer. They're like magic, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to float through the season and help everyone solve all of their problems. Um, give me just a couple of instructions for your funeral service, please. So we've got this on the record. Uh we have a standing deal that oh god we do i forgot about that so the but it's got to be okay with the parents yes but okay i've got it two, only applies um, to one of us in the instance of my funeral term i've got two instructions go for it assuming you are alive okay <laughs> yeah number one roast me yeah number two see that your son remy bat yeah Cast an eye over my will. Yeah. So he knows that he will be watching till death do us blood. It's so cooked, man. <laughs> it's real fucked up that you did that. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, you've burdened an infant. My son. My baby boy. I, I have bonded a father and son closer together. Fuck, man. It's real messed up. <laughs> it's a real messed up thing to do. I don't know, brother. 
All right. Well, it feels like enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you want me to do if if it's your funeral? Uh, well, um, I did forget about the deal, but that that is a um, saloon door that swings both ways, my man. Where is, the stipulation is that we've got to clear it with the parents. So if whoever of us dies first, um, the other one has to roast us at the funeral. If it's okay with the parents. I mean, presuming the parents are alive at that point, which something has gone wrong if that's the case. They will be. Um, so, look, I don't love it, but I've committed to it, so that's part of it. Um, I don't know, man. The funeral's not for me, is it? It's for my loved ones who are around me to make their yeah, peace. You so. can help, you know, ahead of time, you can help curate a beautiful experience. That yeah. Will... I, I know I'm not entering into the um, spirit of the bit that I opened up, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm not... I'm going to make real instructions. I was what? thinking about it recently. I was like, I need to make a will now that I've got a son. I don't have any <laughs> fucking things, though. But more instructions for a service, you know? Yeah. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, fuckos, we're going to watch this whole thing. How many episodes are there of the season? I would say 10. Feels ten, right. 10 feels right to me. Although 44-minute episodes, there could be eight. We'll we'll see. Um, I've bitten off a lot to get through an eight. We'll be here for all of them, and uh, I'm having fun. I'm more. I'm way more invested in this second episode than I was in the first one. So, well done, mattress pikelet. Yeah, fucking got me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.